Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. This is the show that takes a deep dive into the world of 80s cartoons and all of the glorious insanity therein. My name is Randy, I am your host on this journey, and today we have a story for you. This story takes place a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And before we get into that, of course... Gotta let you know that Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky content and media, event photography, convention coverage, vlogs, podcasts, um, all sorts of great nerdy content being promoted. We're creating, we're promoting, we're doing it all, really helping the geek scene thrive and really, really take a hold in these crazy times here we're providing content for you and of course we're also on social media check us out on facebook you can look us up at geek world order and totally radical cartoon podcast give those pages a like interact and join the communities there we're also on twitter and instagram at geek world order and of course when it comes to the podcast subscribe we are on all the major content providers for podcasts we're on apple we're on google we're on spotify iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Amazon Podcasts, wherever you can get your podcast, wherever you want to subscribe, go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe, leave the reviews, leave those five stars, the heart reacts, the thumbs up, whatever. All of it helps. It absolutely helps. It gets the word out. It gets more people seeing us. The more, the more ratings we have, please, please give us those ratings. But yes, today, you're wondering, Randy, Star Wars is a movie franchise. Yes, but there have been animated uh, TV series for Star Wars. We're all familiar with the Clone Wars and uh, Star Wars Rebels, I believe it's called. But no, 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 there were animated franchises all the way back in the 1980s. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Star Wars Holiday Special. That debuted in 1979. That is outside of the scope of this podcast. So we're not talking about that. Oh. Oh, you, oh, you figured out what we're talking about today, aren't we? No, 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 no. Please, please, please don't click away. Don't click away. No. Take your hand off the clicker. Please, stay with us. Yes, I know. I know. Yes, I know. Please, don't, don't do it. You're still listening. You're with us. That's right, folks. Today we're talking about an episode of Droids. No, 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 no. Please, 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 stay with me. Stay listening. Okay. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come. On. Okay. Okay. We can make it through this, guys. Guys, it's just an episode of Droids. Stay with me. Stay with me here. I know, I know, I know. The show has a horrible reputation. I get it, I get it, I get it. So yeah, we're taking a look at the episode, The Pirates of Ternunga. And yes, thank you for sticking with us through this part. Um, so yeah, we open up and uh, we see three, we see C-3PO 
he's just running around the lower decks of a freighter. He's running around. There's like steam coming out, like coolant leaks, something. He's panicking because he's C-3PO and... Yes, C-3PO, human-cyborg relations. Also, universe's biggest warrior. But, of course, he messes things up, breaks things even more to try to control these coolant leaks. And who comes in? R2-D2. You know, only the universe's most bad mamma-jamma. The character's so vile, they had to bleep everything he said. He's cool, he's calm, he's collected... He takes out his, uh, droid dick and just, you know, he mind controls that ship. And all of a sudden, the ship is back under control. These coolant leaks are all done taken care of because R2-D2 saves the day, as always. So, of course, 3PO's trying to be like, oh, well, uh, job well done, blah, blah, blah. So, R2 whips it out again. And causes a steam blast to launch right at 3PO's butt. And causes him to fall directly into a crawl space. And R2-D2 just goes, beep, 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 bloop, 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 bloop. And drives his happy butt right on away. So we go up to the bridge of this starship, this freighter. And we run to Jessica Mead, the captain of this freighter. And she's on a mission. She's transporting fuel and needed supplies to King Manjulpa on the planet Tamazan. She's also escorted by Jan Tosh, who is piloting an A-Wing fighter and uh, being the escort on this mission. So they're on their way. They're trying to make their mission successful. And they're um, discussing the plans. And they've also noted that a decoy ship has been uh, deployed on a different route towards the same planet because they're really concerned about possible pirate attacks and what do you know just like just absolutely on time on perfect we get pirate we get a pirate attack so yes we have a bunch of uh imperial starfighters coming in we got some tie fighters here and they're led by captain ger kaibo ren I'm sorry, this guy's name is Kaibo Ren? So this series came out in 1985. A whole mess of time before... Yeah, 30 years before the entire prequel series comes out. And we learn of Kylo Ren. But yes, this pirate captain's name is Kaibo Ren. And he has... Awful, villainous uh, Fu Manchu appearance. Uh, kind of looks like a fat, ugly version of the uh, G.I. Joe character. There's a Dreadnought released in the later waves, kind of between the uh, the Sunbow animation and the Deke era. Uh, there's a Dreadnought called Zanzibar, who is a pirate. Yeah. I kind of, yeah, so Kaibo Ren kind of looks like that character, just fatter and uglier. So yeah, uh, the pirates quickly make their way aboard the ship. They introduce themselves and their villainous plans. 
And of course, they block out all communication, so Jess can't speak to John. So the pirates, they lock onto the ship with a tractor beam, and they tow it away. And they come up to this planet with a lot of water on it, which we come to learn is the this planet is called Tarnunga. And on this planet Tarnunga, Kaibo Ren has a secret pirate hideout base. So yeah, we've got evil layers, so y'all know there's going to be hijinks ensuing in that one, because if there's an enemy layer and our and our one of our protagonists is heading towards it, you know there's going to be shenanigans later in this episode. So yeah, the, the don't worry, the tropes are here for a reason. They help guide the story. So we'll let the story flow to its natural progression here. So uh, Kaibo Ren secures Jess and his uh, pirate ready room. And he seems to have a bit of a thing for her. So he wants to make her his personal consort. Yeah, so our heroes, uh, our other heroes, uh, Jan and the droids, they show up. As Jess is taken away, they're uh, escorted away uh, through some odd-looking levels. They're kind of shoved off a cliff. Three P uh, R2 and uh, Jan seem to land okay, but 3PO basically just lands straight up and down. And it actually causes his legs to compress. So 3PO's basically got to do like this weird crab walk. For like most a good chunk of the episode here. Yeah, no, it, it's comedically bad as you think it is. But anyway, our droids are taken away. And Kaibo comes with new orders. Uh, he decides that he really doesn't need Jan. So Jantosh, he's, he's slated for death. But he's got some other uses for the droids. They might be useful for something. So his goons, his henchmen, they swarm upon our heroes. And they take them off to a sail skiff. And they're taken out into the waters. Because uh, in a scene kind of stolen from uh, Return of the Jedi here. We don't have a Sarlacc pit. We just have open waters. So, you know, they're pirates. So at some point, somebody's got to walk the plank here. And this is exactly what they do to Jantosh here. They make him walk the plank. He's in the water. The droids jump after him. So, I guess there go those uses for the droids. So our... Villains are laughing. You know, they're doing the thing. They don't care. Everyone's going to die. Who cares? But what happens to our heroes? Are they dead? I don't know. Are they? Well, luckily we've smuggled in the rebel plans here. And in those plans include a nice archive of TV tropes we can follow. And we know that when our villain, when our protagonists are in danger like this, we have to go to a commercial break. So luckily... Our commercial break here won't be as uh, long, long ago as the Star Wars saga, but we'll be back in a few minutes, folks. 
No matter how much you exercise, everyone deserves an exercise in indulgence. With a score candy bar. And one, and two, and... Mmm, crunchy, buttery toffee, sumptuous milk chocolate. It's really rich. Look, everyone deserves to indulge themselves once in a while. And when you do, nothing satisfies you like score. Now, back to my workout. Soup is a harvest of meat. Oh, Joe, you don't. Hey, that's great perfume. That's Campbell's bean with bacon soup, please, Dad. Mm. How are you? I drove seven states in two days. Oh. I'm tired and I'm starved. Oh, come on, sit down. Kitchen's still open? That Campbell's bean with bacon soup has more vitamin A per calorie than whole milk. Mm. Feel better? A lot better than I did three states ago. Stir the Campbell's soup. J.C. Penney knows that when you are headed for the top, you need an accomplished wardrobe. One with solid Oxford shirts, striped silk ties, and two-piece suits that are expertly tailored, classically designed, and have an elegant touch. All silk pocket squares. Success. It suits you. In the Stafford Collection from J.C. Penney. Dedicated to the well-dressed man. Imagine... A swirl of peanut butter and chocolate chips. Unexpected. Or scoops of chunky nuts and plump juicy raisins. Unexpected. Imagine two new Quaker chewy granola bars. Two? Introducing new peanut butter and chocolate chip. My two favorite flavors together. That's one. One. And new chunky nut and raisin. Nuts and raisins? That's two. Two. Quaker peanut butter and chocolate chip, chunky nut and raisin. Two unexpectedly delicious flavors. New from Quaker. Mm. Who else? All right, and we are back. So our heroes have been forced into the waters of the piratey water planet Tarnunga. And, well, of course, we have to have some issues here for our heroes. And from the depths comes up this large green sea monster called the Mirrodon. And this thing is looking like the Loch Ness Monster, folks. Yeah, he's he's not happy. He's hungry. And don't you dare confuse him for the Mirrodorn from Star Trek Deep Space Nine. No, no, no. He is definitely not telepathically linked twin aliens. He's a blooming sea monster. So... He rises from the depths and begins to attack our heroes. Luckily, R2-D2 is still the only competent person in this group. So, we learn that R2-D2 has a propeller system that just comes right out of the top of his dome and allows him to swim around like a little mini submarine that does flips and doodahs and... Yeah, so he goes in. Uh, C-3PO and Jan, they grab a hold of his legs... And he just narrowly, narrowly avoids being caught in the powerful jaws of the Mirrodon. So they manage to find, run away for a little bit. But luckily, there's some saving to be had. Because they find the wreckage of a sunken freighter. They dive into it. Luckily, the beast is dumb enough to follow right in. 
and the beast becomes trapped within the wreckage of the ship, which gives them time to escape. Well, if it weren't for C-3PO, because for some reason C-3PO's got to let go of R2's leg and begins to plummet like a lead weight. Yes, yes, he sinks like the useless weight that he is, C-3PO. Why you gotta be the damsel in distress here? But luckily, R2 swoops in, saves him from becoming a uh, monster chow. But the work is still not done. They gotta head back towards the base. So they find the base, they find an entrance that's just covered in some rope netting. So R2 just kinda uses his little uh, propeller blade because it's got a saw mode. So he cuts through some of those ropes and burrows a nice place to come in. But 3PO barely follows. Well, he tries to follow. But for like the second time in less than a minute of screen time here, he starts sinking again. So 3PO just, uh, Gotta get saved because uh, C-3PO knows several thousand languages. And unfortunately, many of the characters in this series speak those myriad of languages. So unfortunately, we need C-3PO here to translate. So as useless as he is, he does have some useless, some uses. So yeah. So yeah, they get into the uh, enemy base here. And they see some troops. They see the henchmen. So it's like, hmm, we're going to need to get around these guys. So we dig back into our 80s TV trope archive. They do some kung fu moves. They take out some guards and they steal their clothes. That's right, folks. They done stole their pants. Because, you know, we have to have droids in disguises. Droids in disguises. I'm gonna let that one sink in here, folks, because, yeah, sure, they're just droids in clothes, and they're clearly the same droids that, you know, that were causing trouble earlier, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, no. If we try to apply too much logic to these 80s cartoons, we're gonna be here all day, and yeah, yeah just, just better off if we so anyway, the droids have disguises. Uh, but as they make it through, uh, C-3PO thinks he sees Jess uh, just kind of sleeping there, knocked out or whatever. So tries to, you know, wake, wake, Jess, Jess, wake up, wake up. Only problem here, it's not Jess. It's one of the pirate dudes, but somehow has like the same skin color as Jess does. And apparently the same haircut Somehow, in the weird space world of Star Wars, these two random characters have both managed to see the exact same barber and get the exact same haircut. Yeah, once again, folks, we can't apply the logic here. It just, it, it's going to take too much time. Because we got hijinks to ensue. That's right, so... Good old C-3PO, he's done messed up again. So now we have hijinks ensue. They're being chased around. But eventually, they uh, ward off the pirates and uh, steal uh, what looks to be a speeder bike-looking thing for water. 
and they're off. But we uh, transfer across the room, across the base, where Jess is hidden inside of Kaibo Ren's quarters, and she's just trying to find a way out. It's like, oh, but it looks like she has found a way out. Because she's managed to hotwire the door. She's took apart the uh, the control panel to the door. She's got it open. Oh, just like clockwork. Uh, Kaibo Ren is there. So she's got to figure a way around. So she grabs a uh, remote seeker orb and somehow manages to distract him with it. I don't know if he's just trying to showboat because he's trying to impress her. You know, he's still trying to wheel and deal that offer of making her his personal consort but she sneak she literally just walks right out the door and starts heading down the corridor yeah but you know kaibo ren of course got his uh henchman jin oba uh, to make sure that doesn't happen so we run across the room again we see uh jan and the droids have stolen this uh hydro vehicle they're trying to find jessica uh, of course kaibo ren his pirate henchmen are firing on this thing they've got laser cannons um you know sort of from the cliff but luckily for them they see a shadow and they manage to get the bad guys around them and and rounding the corner because the Miradon is back. He's back. And this Loch Ness looking thing. He needs his tree fitty. Somebody. Somebody gonna give this man his tree fitty today. So yeah. So of course they're scurrying for the, for the ground. Definitely the higher ground. They are trying to get away from this thing. So our heroes think they're safe. But, oh ho ho, not so fast. Because Kaibo Ren appears. Dun dun dun. So, of course, uh, with the bad guys here, our heroes seem to have made a lucky break, but all for naught. So, of course, with the uh, villain looming over, we gotta take a quick commercial break. So, we'll do that right now, folks, and uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes here. <laughs> Today, there's a new power on the road. The first Nissan 300CX. Three liters of fuel-injected turbo-thrusted V6 motion. 200 horses strong. The all-new Nissan 300CX. It'll snap you from zero to awesome. Come alive, come inside. At your Datsun dealer. <laughs> My dog's a real sea dog. He'll do anything to get the great taste of fish he loves. Some sea dog, huh? But I've got a real catch for him now. New Sea Dog. Sea Dog brand dog food from Purina has all the real fish flavor dogs love. Look, New Sea Dog has two delicious bites the great taste of fish plus a beefy flavored bite. Now he's really in luck. Sea Dog gives him all the fish taste he loves <laughs> without getting wet. New Sea Dog, the taste your dog's been fishing for. Let's 
today, you'll bust out laughing when Bob Hope presents a non-stop hour of entertainment saluting the superstars of comedy. Then try facts of life. <laughs> when it's laughter you're after. Could you say no to this face? And it's the premiere of Double Trouble. Two identical twins. What? As different as night and day. Wednesday. They love it in Philly. They love it in Atlanta. Yeah, but Giants fans are different. Trust me. They'll love it. All those fans of Giants land love that crazy crap. Giants fans what kind of mascot they'd like, 63% said they didn't like mascots, which once again proves that Giants fans are uh, different. Hey, Frank, need any uh, pinch hitters? <laughs> I've told you, don't you ever, ever touch me again. Hey, get the hook! But they love it in Pittsburgh. I told you, Giants fans are different. And we are back. So as we come back, things are looking grim. But Jess has managed to get back to her ship. So she flies it off. Uh, she traps some of the bad guys behind the blast doors of the freighter. Which provides just enough of a distraction for uh, Jan and the droids to get to the A-Wing and bust out as well. But of course, Kaibo Ren is in quick pursuit. He captures them very quickly. And he brings Jan and 3PO and R2 aboard his personal ship. He has his own Imperial Star Destroyer called the Demolisher. So they're tractored into it. But apparently there's like no welcoming party, no one to capture them, take them to a prison cell. Nothing. They're just tractored into a a shuttle bay so they just kind of leisurely wander around uh they find a droid that's kind of manning a, a weapon station r2 does some you know droid ninja stuff and incapacitates the guard with some kind of magnet looking thing and probably wiped the dude's hard drive like that powerful magnet He's messing things up. He's programmed some of the torpedoes to be loaded in backwards. So, yeah. So, with Kaibo Ren having the advantage, he sets a course for the planet Tamazan. And, of course, he's bragging because, you know, gotta have that villainous monologue that he's ready to deplete the planet of its riches and resources. Uh, of course, Kaibo sees that... uh Jess's freighter is flying away, so he in so he sets out orders to destroy it. They've, you know, with fully intent on destroying the freighter, you know, vaporizing the fuel cargo in it, and just, you know, keeping Tamazan even more resource-starved than it already is. So, it turns out that, uh, luckily Jess is able just to make it out of an escape pod very quickly. But the explosion isn't exactly what they were thinking. Well, turns out in uh, 
in her effort to get to the escape pod, she reveals that her ship was actually the decoy all along. And luckily, uh, Kaibo Ren and his pirates actually fell for it. So at this point, the resources, the fuel, actually made it to Tamazan. And of course, at this point, the Demolisher is on its way. It's approaching the Tamazan air. And Manjupa sends out the forces of the Tamazan army. They're refueled <laughs> because they, the other freighter was there. Yes, folks, the decoy was the actual one. Squadrons, full squadrons of A-Wing fighters swarm over. And we have a space battle between the A-Wing fighters and the TIE fighters of Kaibo Ren's army. And that goes about as well as you think it would. So we're back inside the Star Destroyer. R2-D2 is just wrecking havoc on this entire ship. Of course, you know, he inverted the torpedoes. He's just like, just mangling other systems. So of course, our heroes manage to find Jen. They get back to the fighter. They escape the ship. And of course, as uh, the armies on board, uh, Kaibo's armies are fighting, he begins to make the orders to fire and attack. Systems are blowing up. Torpedoes are launching into the ship. You know, they've fired, you know, they've given the firing sequences, and now the torpedoes are firing inside the ship. Things are blowing up. Ass hysteria. Cats and dogs living together. This freighter, this Star Destroyer is done. The Demolisher is finished. It's down for the count. One, two, three. Ding, ding, ding. Ring the bell. They're done. So yes, uh, our heroes, Jess and Jan and the droids, they're all reunited together. And the forces of Tamazan quickly swoop in to detain the prisoners and Kaibo Ren's pirate army. So, of course, everyone is reunited. Things are happy. Uh, we go to our... We cut to the castle. The droids are safe. They're they're taking a bath. They're... Uh, C-3PO, he's still entirely confused. He's like... He just does not understand that they were the decoy the entire time. And it's like, oh, why didn't you tell us? So basically, Jess has to be like, well, we needed it to be convincing for the plan to actually succeed. So we basically had to tell as few people as possible about this. So eventually, C3 appeals like, eh, whatever. The episode ends and um, the day is saved. So yeah, this episode was fine, but it uh, it really gives me a cash-in vibe. Sort of a mask vibe. It's, it really just goes from scene to scene. And there's really not a lot of connectivity here. Nothing's really... It just goes from scene to scene. It, it's got a slightly deeper story than like a mask episode would. Or It's like, oh, okay, so at least you've got the twist and turn there of that they were actually the distraction the whole time. And it was all an elaborate... It was an elaborate ruse. You could say. It's a, it's a trap. 
So yeah, the trap actually worked. But yeah, no. This this episode. Yeah. I get it. Droids is not a good show. It really falls into that 80s um quick cash-in opportunity. I mean, literally the only actor from the Star Wars franchise here is uh Anthony Daniels of C3PO. What did they do to convince that man to do this show? Like, did they just say, like, here, it just at, after every episode, just you can just have a suitcase full of cash and a suitcase full of Coke? Is that what they did? Like, how did they... I mean, it could be worse. It could be, like, uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling, which is an entire series about 80s wrestlers and not a single 80s wrestler is brought in to voice their character so i guess at least droids has that they've got anthony daniels but why why did we waste anthony daniels on this on this show like i don't get it and it just hurts my brain to think that it's like man what what kind of weird contract did lucasfilm have anthony daniels in at that time where they're like you know you're just gonna do this show you're just gonna do this quick cash grab money grab show about r2d2 and c3po i want to know how many drugs were involved in these conversations or what these conversations actually look like to convince anthony daniels to do this this is not a great show this episode was all right because it almost had to do the the scene to scene to scene thing because honestly if they slowed the pace on this episode you would have painfully noticed it this episode went by really quick but at the same time i was like feeling a little long here i mean it's your standard half hour of television cartoon but even then man who you know this is definitely one of those ones where they had to go scene to scene to scene to scene to scene. Otherwise, you would have got real bored real quick. And there's nothing here. These characters are one-dimensional. Everyone's di- dialogue could have literally been said by any person. These characters had no viable... Like, nothing. No personality traits. They're just random people like you could have drawn these characters in any way any form any shape they didn't even have to speak english or whatever the common language was uh you know whatever they called the common language because these characters had nothing it's like okay we know r2d2 and c3po it's like I mean, I guess at least they came up with these characters of Jess and Jan, because who cares? I mean, if they if they'd animated as like Han and Luke and Leia, you wouldn't have known. You could have literally had them say all of the dialogue in this show, and it would have made as much sense. Like, there's really nothing that identified these characters, gave them personality traits. These are blank canvases. So yeah, there 
nothing. No characterization whatsoever. I don't know who these characters are. I've never heard of them. Like, these are, like, this is the kind of cartoon that I watched as a kid, and I was like, okay, can I watch Transformers now? That's literally what happened. Most of the, ep- most of the episodes of, Droid I wa- of Droids I watched as a kid aired on Sci-Fi Channel, and, like, I would wake up at, like, 6.30 to get ready to go for school, I just kind of turned the TV on, have the background noise. I turned to Sci-Fi Channel because I knew at 7 a.m. they were playing Transformers because that's what I watched before I went to school every morning in like second grade. And yeah, I don't remember anything about droids. I could have watched this episode. I don't remember it. It was literally nothing differentiating these characters nothing that would have grabbed you as a kid and an adult at any age and go yeah these are characters i want to watch the only reason i remember kaibo ren from this episode is because i'm watching this now in you know 2021 as a 35 year old man and go hey kaibo ren that sounds like kylo ren oh that's where the similarities end wow this is a generic pirate character you could have called him anything. This guy could have looked like anything. See, so yeah, droids. It it's not good. It's really not a good series. I mean, this episode was whatever. It's fine. It's inoffensive. Honestly, if this episode were offensive in some way, instead of just drab and generic and kind of boring, I think if there was something to actually hate about this episode, I think I'd have liked it more. But this is just soulless. This is soulless money marketing machine. They're like, it's called, it's got Star Wars in it. That's it. That that's the joke. But yeah, so this this was not a great episode. It wasn't bad. It was just meh. This is just the in the meh pile of garbage because, wow. This was a cash-in. No effort was put into it. Luckily, this series didn't last long. I think it maybe lasted a season. But yeah, there you go. Droids. Wow. Yeah, so that'll do it for this episode of Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. Of course, join us next week for an all-new adventure with... um whatever we're going to talk about at that point but uh check us out on social media subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating or review and uh i'll be back next week folks to um do this all again <laughs>